Hey guys, welcome to today's episode with the one and only Van Middleton. Today we go through all things about photography, business, how to handle COVID, keeping a positive mindset, looking at the future and much more. Don't forget if you're enjoying these episodes and this podcast, I would absolutely love it if you could head over Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a review, share it with family and friends, and I hope you like today's episode. So um, we were just talking about the whole border closures. So you're obviously located on the Queensland Queensland coast, Tugan, and um, yeah. you're just saying, so how's things now with businessmen, like with, with COVID, with most of your work in northern New South Wales? Yeah, it's definitely a bit tricky for me. I'm, I guess, um, kind of in, in a similar situation to you. I guess, real, real close to the border, could be a lot worse. My issue is I do most of my stuff down around Byron, you know. So, being living in Queensland with most of my work down in, in New South Wales and the border, the way it is, is kind of creating some issues. So, um, but I kind of, um, I feel lucky in a lot of ways. Like, um, you know, we're not living in Sydney or Melbourne where. Mm. Everything's 100, 100% shut down and I'm pretty positive and optimistic. I think things are going to sort of start improving and, and uh, opening back up towards the end of the year. That's kind of, um, I know a lot of people, a bit more negative, but I think that's kind of the way it's going to go, to be honest. Do you feel as though, Van, do you feel as though like, say the borders do continue this kind of hard border closure and with most of your yeah. work being in that northern New South Wales, do you feel as though you're considering maybe a pivot to... To marketing more the Queensland side, just for yeah, hundred percent confidence, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did like a wedding fair in Queensland a couple of weeks ago, which I've never done. Yeah, yeah. And um, just because I kind of felt like oh, I need to just lock in a bit of work in mm-hmm. Queensland. I, like I said, I do think things are going to open up, but there's a bit of politics, as you know, going on with between the mm-hmm. the states, and if Queensland wants to sort of hang on to the zero COVID thing and New South Wales opens up, there could be a definite bit of friction there at the border. And so uh, still some unknowns, man, as you know. Mm. And I think, um, I just don't know, like um, also I, I feel like um, Byron, where most of my weddings are, could be a bit fraught for a little while just with um, sort of low vaccination rates and stuff like that. And I feel like, um, I, I just don't know, like, um, how New South Wales is going to going to deal with their restrictions and whether people are going to want to go to Byron for weddings for a little while mm, mm. while they sort of get used to the spicy cough in the community, you know? <laughs> did, did you find most of your weddings in Byron, Van, like were were people traveling in a state and stuff like that or yeah, were they more local? Yeah, 100%. They yeah, were? 100%. So Byron has a real um, destination wedding status. Yes. So most of my... My couples, yeah, were from Melbourne and, and Sydney and, you know, moving 70, 80, 100 people up from the, the capitals. It's a big deal for, for people in the current climate. And I reckon uh, even just booking them, they're a bit more hesitant just to see how things play out. So I feel bad for the peeps down definitely in New South Wales at the moment, the way it is. And as you know, we we can kind of a little bit more of a pivot up here in Queensland while, while things are, are open. although. Having said that, it's uh, you know a lot of people don't want to do the weddings because their guests can't come in, all that sort of stuff. But look, mate, it's a tricky time, but I do have a lot of perspective um, on um, how much stuff other people are doing, and you know, like um, it's good for, I guess, your headspace to look at um, 
what's going on in the rest of the world and and feel sort of value more of the things we still have and still can do and you look at Afghanistan and mm. Syria and all those countries and little kids like um, walking across yeah. half the continent and living in boxes and I live close to the beach you know so mm. financially hasn't been great we've had to delay a few things in last year yeah couldn't do traveling and stuff but really first world problems to be honest 100% yeah for sure yeah and uh, I, I don't want to diminish the issues everyone's having with their businesses and livelihoods especially on the border and all the shutdowns and all the, the businesses down in Cooley, but I'm sort of cognizant of the fact that I've, we're in a bit of a tight spot. We're, we're kind of stuck in a, a place we, we would rather not be in, living space, all that sort of stuff, but we've got a small footprint so we can we can get through it. So I'm sort of uh, – I am aware some people are, are losing businesses and livelihoods and homes and all that stuff. So, But for me personally, I, I kind of um, – I look at – all the other horrible things going on around the world, and and I just count my uh, blessings to be honest. And I, I also um, I feel like there's better days ahead, man. I feel like um, next year is going to be a big year in in the industry, and so um, I, I've got my eye on the on the future a bit more. Awesome, man. I love that. I mean, we're, we're all keeping our fingers crossed for that, right? We've we've rode the yeah. wave for long enough, I think. But obviously, that's the goal with the restrictions and, and all this vaccinations and whatever to try and get Australia back to normal and, and people to be able to move. But it's real interesting you say that, how, um, you know, that like thought about pivoting a little bit or, or staying on that local market. I know for us, like we get a lot of inquiries for those interstate things and, and it's yep. real interesting because we don't really promote that we are Gold Coast based just because it never was really a factor before. But yeah, now a lot of questions from biobehavior is, hey, like, oh no, we thought you guys were in Sydney because we've seen weddings from, you know, you guys in yeah, Sydney yeah, yeah. and we are booked someone locally, which is totally understandable. I mean, it's it's a pretty crazy thing to book an interstate photographer when they actually can't get there right now. hundred <laughs> percent. I wouldn't a be lot doing of my work. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of my work was down in, mm. in Sydney and um, yeah, it does play into the client decision process. They, they want to book someone who's right on, on the spot at the moment. For sure. I mean, it's risky enough even planning a wedding right now, let alone, you know, looking yeah. outside your bubble, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, after the bus comes a boom, man. So I, mm. I would, um, I, I sort of suggest that, you know, there's a lot of people just, they're getting really disheartened and they're kind of exiting the industry. Or, and I think when you get, you know, something that's out of your control a bit and, you know, you get a bit of a hit, you know, uh, people kind of, um, well, for starters, they sit, they, they look for, for people to blame and I don't think anyone in particular is to blame. I think it's just the thing that's happening. But also they um, they can panic a bit and I think, you know, we just got to – those people who, who stick with it and, and just sort of maybe remodel their business a little bit, they're going to come out next year and the year after and make an even bigger success of it. But, yeah, look, local weddings for us I think is, is a good way forward and, and uh, I had a good chat too. I don't know if you've spoken to Rick Liston. You spoke no, to him. No. Well, he's he's a great guy to chat to about um just shooting local a lot more. And I um especially early in my career and through the middle of my career was uh, I was shooting a lot overseas and stuff because well, you know, obviously it's fun, it's exciting and it's great for your content, but financially it's not as good as mm. uh shooting down the road, you know. And uh I think as you get you get a bit um older in your career and and 
also, you know, as a family and all that sort of stuff, you start to think a bit more along the, on, along business lines rather than um, aspirational sort of stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was, I had a chat with him a while back and, and a lot of the stuff um, he talked about, which was really um, really working on your local venues and local area and um, it rung true to me and, you know, I think a lot of classic sort of people we admire and look at, at as destination photographers, some of them don't don't make as good a fist of it in the in the wedding game as as the people we don't see so much on, but who are just who are just uh, modestly doing that, applying their trade in in more of a local area, you know. Hundred percent. You're so right yeah. when you when you say like once you've done it for a little bit, the kind of excitement of what an actual destination wedding entails kind of fades out pretty fast when when you realize yeah. it's a three, four day turnaround, you're sleeping at airports, eating terrible foods and uh, I agree. Instagram yeah. sees a different world <laughs> than the reality yeah. of what it is. hundred percent. Although, you know, like I, I look at your work, man, and I see, I see a wedding, like a wedding I think you shot in Mexico, was it? Yeah. I, yeah, I, just, yeah. I saw a shot of you, of that couple in that giant cavern and I just thought, man, I've got to get traveling again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then when you, you know, hear the backstory, you're probably like, yeah, I'll probably stay around Chugan area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like to get to Mexico. Uh, yeah. well, I was only there uh, for 24 hours. Oh, right. Yeah. Just, that's a yeah, long haul. It's a long haul. It's a bit of the travel side, bit of a horror story. And, and uh, I feel for you there. I did a wedding in Italy a couple of years ago and it was the same deal it was mm, like mm. i think i was there for 48 hours man and it was like <laughs> a 30 hour trip there and yeah, back I, yeah. I, it was just a real late booking and i had the time free and I, but i had weddings prior and after so i had to be quick and i just thought oh, i'll just do it it'll be fun and i when i got back i just thought i'm never doing that again you know <laughs> not, not unless i can i'll be there for two weeks yeah and, I'll take the family as well hey take the family or something but see there's the other problem mm. is you do take the family and all of a sudden You've lost money rather than made money. At, yeah. And, and your uh, mindset's so, focused on work as well. Yeah, very difficult to um to to hundred percent focus if you bring in tagging the little ones along. Speaking of which, I've got a little one here at the moment in the house, so she's uh she's on the rectangle. Um, <laughs> hopefully she's gonna be quiet for for the next little bit. But so take me back a little bit, Van. So you've been doing this, mate, was it ten years from my memory or a bit over now? Yeah, about 10 years, a little yeah, bit over, right. maybe 10, 10 to 12. You know, I, I feel like the first year or two was probably um, best forgotten in terms of um, what I was doing, <laughs> in terms of like not really knowing, yeah, not, not having much of a clue what I was, what I was kind of doing, but um, probably shouldn't say best forgotten. We all learn. For sure. It's all a learning experience, but um, definitely, um, you know, if I had 10 minutes just to chat to my Myself back then, I, I would have given myself a bit of different advice and chosen a different path. So it took me a little while to sort of um, find my feet, I guess. So tell me about what you would have said to yourself back then. If you could look back now and, and Van was two years in, yeah, what, what look, advice would you give yourself? I guess, you know, like 12 years ago, it was a bit of a different, but there were a lot of things that were different, right? I'm going to sound old now, but, you know, like um, gear was not as good. So mm. there was a lot more sort of um, things you had to take into account shooting. So you had, to, you had to use a lot of flashes and stuff just to get enough light to, mm. you know, to get images that weren't sort of just going to fall apart when you got them into, into your uh, 
editing program and even, even things like Lightroom were, were so pretty primitive in terms of like presets and things like that. So you had to do, do a lot more uh, manual work in, in post. And so technically you had to be better, I guess, in terms of shooting. So you, you had to be really nurse your, your settings a lot more and, and, and use a lot of off-camera stuff and flashes and stuff just to, to get the shot. You know, a simple thing of a couple walking into the reception. Now you, you really can just point and shoot, and, um, mm. which I do a lot. You, know? <laughs> you didn't have to concern yourself too much with the, that, the other side of things. So I guess in that sort of sense, it was a good um, grounding. But in terms of what I would tell myself, yeah, I would just, I would just forewarn myself to uh, really get, get into the um, social media early, you know, I remember starting and I was just, I was into travel photography and stuff. So I, I just knew I wanted to do something. Creative photography was right at the top of that list. I, I, I was never good at working for other people. I just was always, um, um, as you know, mate, like you're in, in the game and you do your own business and there's a lot more satisfaction in mm. having your own business and working for yourself. You can inject a lot more passion into it. And you're not answering to someone else. So I wanted to do that. And uh, wedding photography was a good way for me to do both those things. But I just didn't really know what was going on in terms of how to promote myself. And th- this was the end of Yellow Pages. This, this was, um, <laughs> you know, so how do I get work? Things like that. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was ahead of the game in terms of like blogging and having a yep. website and all that stuff, which is good. So I started doing that immediately, sort of picked up work and every wedding I did I would blog and and um, I was coming up in the top of all the search engines for because I would target all the um, mm-hmm. you know the venues I shot at and the locations burly but I kind of came in pretty low on price which probably in hindsight is pretty fair because I I was new and and learning mm. but um I, I think mainly just the way I was shooting and stuff I took a lot of my cues from other people um, I mean like um, probably people who probably I shouldn't have taken advice from, you know, like um, rather than sitting down going, okay, this, I really admire this person's work. What are they doing? Yes. Instead of that, I, I would look look at, um, you know, what the majority of people were saying was a good thing to do. How mm-hmm. to become a wedding photographer. Okay, you've got to buy 70 to 200 and 24 to 70. You need this and that. And this is how you shoot. And I was sort of going, oh, okay, that's how you got to shoot. Mm-hmm. Right? Bad idea, right? Because oh, I don't want to, sort of disparage anyone but you've got to um get advice from people you who are really doing lovely work or who are doing things that are, are really good instead of what the popular thing mm. you know you know it'd be like if you're a musician you don't i wouldn't necessarily suggest a musician study britney spears or like someone who's really popular I'd, i think they're the best to um look at someone they really admire and and then obviously forge your own path rather than trying to uh, mm. rather than f- fixating on um, how you're supposed to shoot and you know seeking out and trying to emulate other people but do what you love doing that's the I guess that's the obvious advice but it took me a bit of time to figure that out and uh, I started finding my feet a bit bit more but for sure like um, in those early days yeah I've sort of hidden those photos away somewhere and I look at like people new in the game now and I'm really impressed with, you know, new shooters coming in and doing such a good job and I'm mm. like a lot better, I think, than I was doing when I started. So, um, 
Yeah, a bit of a rambling answer, man. I don't know if that answered your question. Oh, 100%, mate. No, most yeah. definitely. I think um, so much resonates to, to me as well, <laughs> talking about um, you know following the crowd rather than really like That's it. figuring That's it. out where you want to be or sitting sitting down and just going like yeah. who inspires me and, and what are they doing? You know, like they, they've created the path. It was funny. It took, yeah, it was the exact same story, man, with all those camera gears and yep. and um yeah, realized not not even questioning why I was getting that yeah. stuff either. And now I look back and think like, man, I'm I'm kind of glad I, I woke up to myself and um started really looking objectively on who who inspired me not just like yeah what everyone else was doing which you just stated then yeah and i I have no issue um you know looking at other people's work and being inspired by it you know there there, i have heard some people Mm. say that they don't look at social media and they they focus on their own thing and that's good but I, i do think there's so many people doing amazing stuff and i think it's great to admire what other people are doing and as as long as you kind of draw that inspiration and then add, mm. add a little bit of your own uh, twist or look at a photo that you really like that someone has done and then change it a bit and make it your own. Mm. It's, mm. it's hard. There's not um, not a great deal of old, you know, perfectly original stuff out there. For sure. And um, I also think we can still maybe dodge trends a bit. That's probably a good thing, just trying not to make things look exactly like all the other photos that are getting the algorithms all Mm, pushing to mm, us mm. it's good to stand out a bit i mean it's obvious you know when you when you scroll through instagram and the photos i think you stop and look at are the ones that are unique but i guess the key is that intersection between unique and compelling you know so it has i think the the photos that that really are, are beautiful to me are the ones that are different but they're they're also got to be compelling so beautiful in some way you know mm. you know you, it's easy to get a unique photo you could just get someone to line a, on some you know whatever do anything random it's going to be it's going to sure. be unique but but you've also got to try to make people um be a bit moved by it see some beauty in it i think that question is like why are you creating it as well hey like there's always that yeah true you know yeah. you're creating it for social media just to get followers like you know you know i want i want to jump into you said earlier you know if you could tell your youngest self when you first started maybe jumping into socials early you're doing things like blogs and that really well but with the abundance of social media and probably most photographers that are listening i'm sure they're all over it where do you see social media going now i know it's a super objective question as well but I yep. tend to find a lot of focus from photographers on reels and TikTok and stuff. Mm, and I kind of I want to kind of want to go into my thoughts, but I want to see first how you see social media playing out. Do you see yourself kind of focusing on these areas that are trending now? Yeah, I'm definitely keen to hear your opinion mm. on this too because I feel like you're really great at all this stuff, social media and stuff. I, 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 you've got a great um, presence in, in social media. And to be honest, I don't. My foot's come off the pedal a bit the last few years with Instagram and I'm not even on TikTok, which tells you a lot, <laughs> to be honest. And for me, it's I've sort of, um, just because I guess I've been shooting for such a long time and I'm not natural at being really a sharing person on, on social media, I have to sort of um, really sort of push myself to do it a bit. So um, I kind of, but as, as far as what I'm observing and the way I, where I think social media is going, definitely the video side of things is getting more and more important. And you see that, like I think even Instagram the other week said that they're now a 
a video sharing platform rather than mm. a, an image sharing platform. I struggled to I, – I was even a really late starter with Instagram, so I kind of – I found it hard because of the size and the format of the photos. I found it difficult to showcase what I wanted to showcase to people mm. with such a small format, you know, so I, I was really um, reluctant to, to get into it early, um, which was bad. <laughs> and uh, even, you know, Facebook's obviously kind of – nowhere near as important anymore, but I, I even preferred Facebook because you could have a, a full, you know, you know, a really large image and people could really look at, at um, a lot of the aspects of the image, which you can't do in Instagram, you know, the, the full-size monitor. Landscape shots, that's a step down from a print again, right? So I love it if I can get someone and sit them down and show them a wedding album. That's sort of the, the best place for me. But long answer, short. Video, reels, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm sort of forcing myself to do a lot more of that. TikTok, and i um, going to sound negative here, but I'm not, you know, I see a lot of the, the TikTok stuff and it just doesn't do it for me, man. Mm, mm. I know it's, it's a lot of it's fun and maybe I'm just turning into a grumpy old man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know, there's, there's the focus to me is, is moved away from photos. Mm. And beautiful photos, and it's turned more into the personality of the the photographers and dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's it's a big incongruent the way I see it. It's, I see our job is to create beautiful photos for couples, and especially in a, in an analog book. I think that's the ultimate mm-hmm. that I would like to give to people and framed print on the wall. And I know that that's sort of not the way things are going, but I kind of find myself just scrolling straight past that. The TikTok stuff, and so my advice is not good <laughs> in terms of um, what people should be doing <laughs> and targeting. You know, people should be doing reels and they should be doing TikTok videos mm. and doing more of that. Look, if you're a young photographer listening, yeah, get into it. For me, though, also I guess I, you know, I have another business as well, which is um, my wedding editing stuff, and so I guess I'm pivoting a bit, also not out of the industry because I love shooting weddings. And I'm always going to be doing it, or at least for the foreseeable future. I'll probably be doing less though, less shooting. And, um, you know, as you know, you've got a family as well. I've got, I've got a couple of kids and um, just the time it takes to, to be putting into that into that side of things is, hampers me a bit too. So I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on it because um, I think that's probably, you know, I think you're, you've got your finger on the pulse there a bit more than me. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, no, honestly, man, like, um, um, you got a great, definitely got a great social media game, and or even you know you're doing the podcasts and and all that stuff. And yeah, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Hey, I'm kind of on the edge of of it. Obviously, like pretty active and always been pretty active in social. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I've always kind of just shared everything with the business pivoting more to now. Kind of, I'd call it a company with with another photographer come on board yeah. full time and. And growing a team and stuff like that, pulling away a little bit personally, but still keeping it a very personal business, but knowing that there's others there in the business. Yeah. But, you know, with the pivot of that, you know, like it, it's, I'm more comfortable to, you know, share everything on Instagram stories, but I still haven't gone, okay, cool. I'm fully committed is Reels, is TikTok. I mean, yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, I believe that 
there's a thing like a, a thing that always comes to mind is like seek to understand and, and question why is always my philosophy. And I'm, I'm I was speaking yeah. to a marketing expert in Bali, a friend of mine um, last week about this. And we were speaking about like how social media is changing. And he was saying, you know, stuff like, you know, you need to be on TikTok, you need to be on, on reels and you need to show up more on reels. And, and, you know, like, where do you look? And I'm like, yeah, I look on reels. But then I said, look, I believe like, what's the benefit to me showing up on reels to build an audience and get people to laugh? Because that seems to be what's trend, like what trends, mm. you know, when yeah, I see yeah, a photographer yeah. share a slideshow of photos or we do, I might get 700 to, you know, 4,000 views, which is nothing like, and that's views, that's 10 likes or one comment. But then you see someone do a prank and they get, you know, 5 million likes or whatever they get on it. And I'm like, man, I'm never going to be that person. <laughs> like I never want to yeah. turn my work into a comedy show. And I believe that my philosophy is like reels and TikTok. That's what it's there for to, to make people engaged, yeah. you know, more or less like a, a, a platform that people can have a laugh. And, and like you said, with your work, like stand out, you know, but yeah. I'm going to show up on reels and showcase my wedding photography work on reels, hopefully in a unique way that stands yeah. out but also understanding my lane, like staying in my lane that the photos hopefully will talk. I'm not going to dance. I'm not going <laughs> to drop my booty on the ground, yeah. you know, like well, for I guess the also, sake of it. That's good, man, because you got to be true to your own personality. If you're forcing it, it's, it's not going to work for you. It's like, why? Hey, you know, like what's followers? Are they here to book our work? I mean, it's important to have a presence, but I guarantee if you get a million followers, probably none of them are really caring about what you actually offer in photography. They're caring about more about like their, their eyes seeing something funny each day. Yeah. 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 I guess it's a balance, isn't it? I, For sure. I mean, if the algorithm, you got to play it. So you, there are more potential clients eyeballs on your work, you know, and it's not just about how good your work is. Mm. It's about how many people are looking at it. That's real funny, Van. A month ago, I turned up to a wedding and um, I won't talk too much about the wedding, but they actually scheduled, man, time on the run sheet for TikTok videos. And this is not yeah. a joke. And um, that's fine. Like, obviously, you know, they were young, they were keen on it. But I like, yeah. that was the first thing I've ever seen like that. And so I'm photographing everyone getting ready. And then next minute, it was like one thirty to 2 o'clock. They had 30 minutes to create TikTok videos. Yeah, that's, that's wild. I, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sound like an old hag, but I was just like, man, like, what for? Like, has anyone gone, why are we doing this? Like, or should it's we- brave new world out there, buddy. And huge, hey, change so much. <laughs> but I think, yeah, for me, like is TikTok is a platform. I believe like it's important to show up everywhere. I mean, if we yep. just, you know, if you agree to just stay in your lane, you'll, I believe photographers will find that the, the industry will move so fast and so rapidly through socials and, and the change of socials that it'll become non-existent. It'll become like you've got, a storefront and you're a wedding photographer and no website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very slow you, burn there, eh? You can't be left behind. No, nah, for and sure. And it's funny that I, I have a, a good story. Like I said, when I started 10 or 12 years ago, I actually got in touch with a few videographers and I just said, hey, I'm starting wedding photography. If you need someone, like if you want to put together a package, you, you do the video, I do the photos. And um, a couple of videographers were like, yeah, let's do it. And I remember chatting to one guy and it was just when I started and this guy, he was quite a character. I've since chatted to someone else who started the same way with the same guy, but he gave me some advice. He's like, forget about Google, forget about Facebook, that stuff's just 
not going to last. It's yellow pages. That's where you got to focus. <laughs> well, that sounds <laughs> crazy right now. It, oh, it's, like I said, it makes me sound old, but I, I remember even at the time thinking, dude, you're on the wrong yeah. path there. And, and of course, like he, just a year or two later, I never heard from him again. Mm. And, and so, yeah, it was a lesson then. It's a lesson now. You can't kind of um, look down your nose at, at new stuff. Even if you, you're not 100% on board, I think you kind of got to, um, you kind of got to push yourself along that path a bit. So, um, you know, like I said, I don't even have TikTok, which is, it's bad. And even this chat with you <laughs> is going to motivate me to, to get it and to start using it, even if it's just for, um, you know, reels and, mm. and stuff like that. I want to flip it just quickly because I'm aware of your time and you got little one with you. So do I. But we got a question from a listener, Van, from Alex from Moda Weddings down in Melbourne. He said, can you ask Van, I'm interested to know his process with Wilderness Labs and how he came about thinking about starting that, how he manages his own photography business and an incredible company like that. Yeah, thanks, um, Alex. A long process, but basically I kind of kicked things off editing, getting someone to help me edit. And I think it's just a natural progression when you start to shoot a lot, um, just to avoid burnout. You, you've got to get help because a lot of the, the processes that we do, much of them are, are creative, but much is, is like a grind. You know, it's, um, it's not stuff that um, you necessarily have to do yourself. So um, you can get people to help you do that stuff. And I guess if, if you've got people helping you, do the, I wouldn't say unimportant stuff. I would just say stuff that you can outsource. Well, the more help you get with that stuff, the more time you can spend in um, the areas of your business that, that um, are more sort of um, high value. And I just think that's really important. If you want to grow your, your business and make it bigger and better, you need to focus your time in, in specific areas. And obviously, the most important area to, to focus on is shooting. So if you can shoot more, and do less of the background stuff, mm. then you're going to make a lot more money for starters. You're also going to be more visible. All that stuff, it's so important. I think I mentioned Rick Liston earlier. I'd, I'd recommend everyone sort of jump on. He's doing a few podcasts, but he is like a massive advocate for automation and outsourcing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's always getting in touch with me. And But so, look, I, I started the business organically. It wasn't something that... Um, I decided to, to start specifically. I, I had a an editor I, I found, and I was like trained up for so long to work for me, and she was great. And then she went away, and I got a new one. And and then I got to a, a point. The first one came back. It got to a point where I, I sort of had a few editors, but I didn't have enough work to give them, and and so I was just sort of pretty much just telling other people to jump on on board with them and tell. You know, I, I was actually doing a lot of um, what I didn't realize at the time was business work. I was um, doing a lot of net networking just to encourage other people I knew to do what I was doing and to, to use editors that, that I, you know, that I sort of cultivated just because it was the, the best thing to do. Anytime I, I was chatting to other photographers, I was like, hey, buddy, if you're not outsourcing, I'm able to spend some time with the kids now and I'm not chained to my computer a week and I can now spend time doing uh, high-value stuff for, for the business when I want and I'm not burning out. I mean, a lot of people who are new in the game, I, I definitely think when you're beginning and when you're kicking off, having your, your finger on everything and doing everything is good because it gets you familiar with all the processes. You learn how to edit. 
you learn what works well when you shoot and then you get that photo back into the editing suite. So you're learning constantly. So when you start, it's not as important. But when you enter that sort of middle phase of your business and you start to find success and you start to get more bookings, then I I feel like you need to get people in to help you with those processes. It doesn't just have to be editing. Virtual assistants, um, like again, um, I've mentioned Rick again, but he has a little side hustle now, which is a virtual assistant thing. And so like we were talking about before, we're talking about um, TikTok, we're talking about social media. He gets other people to do that stuff now. And he's building processes where he gets home and he literally puts his photos into a Dropbox folder. I'm not 100% sure on the on his, on his process, but that may be it. And then he gets people to pick that up and then um, use me for, for the editing outsourcing wilderness. But he has someone else even putting the orders in and then getting them back and then processing them and, and doing, the, doing his reels and doing his... Um, putting them on pick time and, and creating his slideshows and delivering them to clients. It's amazing what other people can do for you. And I think um, it was interesting listening to him because even though I'm a massive advocate of outsourcing, and I haven't even taken to, to the level that it could be taken to. Um, and listening to him kind of gave me more ideas and, and inspiration down that path because his philosophy is you want to maximize your shooting time. Your shooting time is so valuable. We shoot it like if, if you break it down per hour, it's it's crazy. You know, we're shooting, most people are shooting like 300 to 600 bucks an hour if you break it down. And so um, whereas you can get people to, to do your editing at like a fraction of that, you know, like 10 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour. So you want to maximize your shooting time. You want to shoot as much as you, as you can and do as little of the rest of the job as possible. And you do that, you make a lot more money, simple as that. And I know our game isn't, isn't just about making money, but the reality is when you've got kids and mortgages and, and uh, all the rest of it, if making money is a big part of what you want to do, and I think it is for everyone, outsourcing, or as much as you can, particularly editing, because um, it's, it's one of those things that you can really get people who are very good at it to, to help you with but all the rest of the, the process as well. And I get it, right? And when I started, it was very difficult for me to let go of a lot of stuff. But there is a demarcation. You've got to, at a certain point, you've got to understand that you're a business as well as an, an artist, you know? And uh, I think there are a, a select few people in, in this game. And I say select few, it's, it's a small number of people who can survive as wedding photographers long-term just on the back of being an artist, but I would say 99% have to uh, put on the business cap and be be really good at the business side of things. But even if you look at the top guys who, who we all know in the game and they have huge followings and, and you could say they're artists, they, you don't hear much about the business side of things. Um, but I, I know for a fact a lot of these guys in terms of their business and, a lot of, and their financials, they're actually, some of them are struggling, right? Because um, they're not doing so many of those local weddings. They're not shooting a lot of weddings. And, you know, Joe Average down the road, who you might not um, be constantly searching Instagram to get inspiration from, but often they're, they're doing a lot of work and they're, they're leading, a, having a great, successful 
business, which leads to a happy life, and and they're also spending more time with family. And so uh, I'm not for a second saying we shouldn't be artists. I'm just saying that we should um, we should really look at our um, the business side of our of our work, and part of that crucial part of it is getting help, getting help, um, paying for help at at a at a price point that's less than you ought to be working at. If that makes sense, mate. That is hundred percent well said. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, for me, like I understood, I love photography, but. I don't want to sit behind a computer for 10 hours a day. And I pretty much realized that yeah, exactly. from the get-go. And you know, like you photograph a wedding, sit behind a computer for three weeks, go to another wedding. It's like your mind oh, has yeah. no time to rest. Yeah, that's the, the long game. Yeah. Mm. And that, that's just, again, what I found. Look, I've shot, like I said, 10 years and probably like 50 to 60 weddings a year for a lot of that. Some years, 70 weddings. So I, I got to a point where I was burning out. And it wasn't because, like you said, it wasn't because I was rolling up to weddings with the camera. Yeah. That's that's the easy part, man. Mm. That's in, that's the enjoyable part. You get you walk. If I walk into a even now after whatever six hundred weddings, I walk into a where they're getting ready and say good day, and I'm in a good happy place. I'm having a chat, having a laugh with a couple. I'm looking forward to, to taking photos with them. But if you are sitting in front of your computer Monday to Friday, looking at brides and grooms and all that stuff. By the time that next wedding rolls around, mm. you're not looking forward to it because it's um, the burnout happens on the computer. Doesn't happen with a camera. I mean, everyone's different, right? Everyone has um, for sure. You know, everyone works differently. I guess there are some people that are passionate and that really enjoy the the editing. So I, I guess I'm sort of coloring my view more with with my personal perspective a bit. But I, I do think that burning out it, it happens. For a lot of people, it happens at home with how much work you're doing on your computer. And if you've got a family, you've got young kids, and I've probably got to especially shout out to the mums because we, you and I are dads. We do a lot of work. Mm. But the reality is we don't have it as hard as For mums sure. do. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of uh, – with wilderness, there's a lot of my clients are, um, are mothers. And I guess that classic image of mums, they, they've got – they're cradling the kid in their lap and they, they've got the other hand on the mouse, you know. It's it's a tough try, trying to find that time. What You get them to get the kids to bed and then you you stagger out to the computer to try to knock over your, your wedding and your seven weddings behind or whatever. Mm. So, um, yeah, the balancing time, it's it's all about time, you know, and, and carving off the non-essential parts of, of the business, carving it off and putting it on a platter to – to give to other people, let them do it. They hand it back to you, it's done, you know? What a beautiful thing you're giving people back, man, time. I mean, it's the only thing we have in life. Yeah. Know? Like it's it's the most important thing we have. And you're giving that back to to photographers, man, that, that value it as well. So I think it's an incredible thing you're doing. Yeah, look, it's not a, something that's totally, um, <laughs> you know, a selfless gift. gift. It is a business, so... Um, for sure, um, I do passionately actually believe in it, and from from experience, I think it's um, you know, like just I was able to go for a surf. I'll go for be able to go surfing tomorrow and still hang out with the kids. And but I guess the the double edge of that sword is that running the business uh, <laughs> is is uh, added the workload for me. So it's it's uh, it's a time saving business that for me personally 
is consuming all my time, but that's because I'm I'm trying to make it better and it's um, growing and all that stuff. So I'm okay with that. I, I think maybe I need a, an outsourcing business to outsource my building my outsourcing business. That's the next <laughs> step. Yeah, that's I guess uh, that was a long answer to Alex. Just um, I guess how it began, and you know I, I've got help with that business now too. I've got customer service guys who, do, who are amazing, and they Philip and a few other people, and and they um, they do a lot of that that help. And but just trying to um, you know other things now. We're trying to get them all the stuff done faster. And what we were talking about before with um, the trends. What another trend is is instant gratification, right? More and more people want, they want stuff now. So, and that builds into when you're, you're delivering photos. I noticed from this year as compared to sort of five years ago, couples are like, oh, we want a slideshow. We want a, yes. we want a sneak peek the next day. Mm. You know, whereas I think five years ago, they were more happy to wait the month or so for the photos, whereas it's changed a bit more to the, I think people these days, are, they're used to getting stuff right away. Um, which is good, good in some ways. It's hard, harder for us as um, <laughs> for doing their photos. So that, yeah, the next sort of phase of my business is trying to get get people's work back to them quickly, like real quick. Mm. So um, uh, which we're working on. We we got some express options now where we're cool. going to have like a whole lot of lo- looks. I can just pick them and bang, and it'll be it'll be back to them real quick. So just to to tie into the um, the way things are going, and you know, people needing stuff fast and it's also just better getting stuff back fast but yeah that's kind of how that all began man and um i guess also i don't think we can all shoot weddings forever so side hustles and are important to everyone and one 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 thing i've always suggested to people and especially people getting getting new into wedding photography is don't don't necessarily dive dive in full time have something else because having something else takes pressure off and when you take pressure off when you're shooting and you're working your business with less pressure, you do a better job. It's the same with anything. It's like um, in sport, if you're having fun, you're not under a lot of pressure. You tend to perform better. You're not as desperate. Being hungry is great. But if you, as I, I, a lot of wedding photographers say to me, I quit my whatever, my work. I'm going full time wedding photography. And I'm like, if you book much, but no, not yet. But I'm 100% focused. I'm doing it, and I just think maybe keep hold of your part-time job until you you start to get a roll on, and and that way you're um you've got a bit of a safety net, less pressure, um, all that stuff. But even even uh, at our stage in the game, you've obviously made a great success, mate, of it, and I've, I've had a great. I'm, I'm really thankful for what I've done, but doing something else outside of wedding photography doesn't something that does not involve it at all, even though wilderness does, but I think it's a healthy thing, you know, and I think everyone mm. now with COVID, the reality is people are starting to look at side hustles, hustles a bit more just to get a bit more of a, well, financially, right, you know, definitely. it helps. I had a few, like I started, but it's not easy, <laughs> you know, I started a, a surf accessory business last year, which has just, just been not good at all. It's been, it hasn't gone well, but. You know, I guess part of that's wedding photography has kicked on again this year, so I've, I've sort of neglected it. But, you know, I just looked at another passion I had, which is surfing, and um, I just thought, you know, there's a little bit of a space here for for actually for budget gear. Like um, 
I, I just want to get in the water. I don't care what sort of my leg grow, my deck grip, my fin, my brand stuff. I, I'm not super into brands and I just want something that's functional. There's nothing in the market. So I thought, oh, I'll get into that. But that's just an example of like um, looking at other opportunities. And just on that point, I hear this a lot and I kind of disagree with it. And that is that people say that you should um, you should have a goal and a passion and you should focus on it. And I, I feel like uh, it sounds good, but I feel like it can be a little bit of dangerous advice. And I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it because what happens with a lot of people is they, have a, they decide that they're going to focus, say, on being a wedding photographer. It's their passion. It does work for some people. Other people, it doesn't. But what it also does is, and it, it's not necessarily just wedding photography, it's anything. Like I, someone might decide they want to be an author. And what they do, they put the blinkers on and they just, um, and, and actually when I was younger, I wanted to be a writer, right? This was my thing. But I just focused on that and I, I sort of blinkered out everything else. And rather than um, keeping my eyes sort of open and, and being aware of um, opportunities that were around me that maybe didn't, were related or unrelated. And if I think if you, you should, everyone should be just um, really nimble and flexible in what they want to do in life and opportunities they pop up and you've got to be you've got to be aware of them you've got to be able to see them identify them and you've got to be um flexible enough just to shift to move you know it could be sideways could be to something that's different to what you're doing um but you know with wilderness with the editing it, i've sort of shifted in the same industry but i just saw an opportunity there and, and went towards it if you're not um open to the possibility of of moving somewhere else, I think you could you could lose um, the chance. You could miss the chance to do something you never really imagined yourself doing. So, I just feel like we shouldn't hyper focus, even even on this. So, you know, this is this is about wedding photography, but I feel like um, we should be really have our eyes real, really not fixated, not hyper focused on a single tar- goal, which we hear about a lot. We adv- the advice we get a lot is have a dream. Never let go of that dream. I kind of feel like um, have a dream, but um, let go of it at any point that you f- <laughs> that you feel is a good moment. It's super refreshing to hear, man, because I couldn't agree more. I think there's such a minority of human beings that actually know exactly what they're going to do and they're going to f- follow that path right through everything. But like you said, like many of us have passions and and you love surfing, but you're not fixated on just having a surf brand and that's it and keeping your blinkers closed to to other opportunities, especially in yeah. business and, and you've got the kids and the mortgage. But um, man, I 100% appreciate your time, man, today. Like, Thanks, mate. Now you got the little one with you. You're Since I started, man, you've always been an inspiration of mine. Your work is incredible. When I seen Wilderness come up a while ago and I was like, man, I'm loving this. Like, and I'm, I'm aware of what you're doing in the industry and how much you shared today, man. I'm, I'm super grateful to have you as well as a friend, man. I know we don't get to see each other a lot, but... Yeah, we'll have to do it. We'll have to catch up. For and, sure. Uh, get a beer. We, we, we live pretty close. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm it's moving just, down yeah. your way soon, mate. Yeah. Well, good luck with the um, the house hunting. But um, yeah, we should definitely catch up. And, and I'd like to... Um, I'm going to tune in, man. I know you're interviewing a lot of people, but I'm, I'm, uh, I admire what you're doing as well and love your work and everything. And... Uh, I'd like to hear more from you. It's good that you share a lot though too. I, I appreciate that. I'm sure you've got a lot of 
dedicated followers. So yeah, thanks for having me. Man, absolute pleasure. Legend.